Ooh, girl, turn that up. What song is this? Girl, this my song. You don't know this? I don't think so. Let me turn it up. Okay. I like this. Girl, right? Girl, this is my jam. Hey, 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 welcome to My Sister's Jam, episode four. This is Camille, your host, and of course, I'm here with big sister Melissa. Hey, girl, hey. Hello. What's going on, girl? Hey, girl, what is going on with you? Girl, nothing, same old, same old, got my drink. Y'all, I'm drinking something good today. I'm drinking um, this wine type thing by Chateau Saint uh, Michel <laughs> uh, Elements girl I don't know um, <laughs> Elements is strawberry hibiscus rosé it's sweeter and less alcohol content than I usually go for but it's like bubbly and crisp and refreshing so I am enjoying this what you got Ooh, okay that sounds good I have my Bacardi gold and pineapple juice they did not have <laughs> My Bacardi coconut rum. Oh, okay. Well, so I had to make it. I had to make got it. To get get it how you live. <laughs> right. Well, right. But while we on this with drinks and having a blast, I want to give a shout out to some of our listeners real quick who responded to some of our Spotify polls and Q and A's on our last mm-hmm. few episodes. Yes. So for the soundtrack to my sister's life episode, which was our first episode, we asked, what is a song that is a part of your life soundtrack? And Ophelia P responded with, I wish it would rain by the temptation. Okay. For our favorite musical families episodes discussing the Jacksons and the DeBarge family, we took a poll asking you guys, which of these two talented families is your favorite? And it was actually tied 50-50. Which I found kind of surprising. <laughs> right. Now, I wish we had more votes, but of the votes that we had, they were split down the middle. We also asked what your favorite jams from these groups were that were not featured in the two episodes. And Ebony C. Ricks answered Carousel by Michael Jackson. And I had to jump in on the Q&A myself, and I answered This Place Hotel, a.k.a. Heartbreak Hotel by the Jacksons, which is probably in my top three favorite Jackson songs. Mm, Okay. Yes. Now, you guys, please remember and please be aware that we will always have either a QA and a question or a poll for every episode on our Spotify podcast page. Sometimes we'll even have both. So please interact with us via the questions and via the polls as we do read all the responses to decide which ones we will be publishing for viewing. So we do have the option to publish them on our podcast page so people can see you. So please respond. We want to talk to y'all. Please do. We love interacting with y'all. So definitely jump on those polls. Um, And while you're at it, of course, for every episode, just a reminder, remember to always check the show notes uh, or the episode description so you can see that list of the songs that we're going to be featuring in each episode so that you'll know what we're talking about. Play the playlist ahead of the episode. If you're not familiar with the songs, that way you can vibe while we talk. (laughs) right Um, and i will say people have been loving our social media posts yes with the songs we just want to remind y'all to go and listen to the podcast so that you learn about those songs too exactly it's of course it's about the music but you need to know what we're talking about about the music that's the whole point so (laughs) definitely (laughs) listen to the playlist and listen to these episodes (laughs) Um, but with that being said like she mentioned we do share the songs on our socials again those are at my sister's jam on instagram and facebook and then remember you can always email us too if you have any feedback or suggestions that's at my sister's jam at gmail.com so got the business out the way sis can you give us what happened on this day in music history it's august 3rd what happened on August 3rd in 1985, the song Shout, 
the hit single by Tears for Fears, hit number one on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, where it would stay for three weeks. Hmm. It was the band's second U.S. chart topper after Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Now, I know you know both of those, don't you, sister? I am pretty sure. <laughs> I think Shout go like, well, I don't want to sing it because I can't sing, but sh- sing it a little bit. <laughs> Shout. Yeah. Shout. That's the one. Let it all out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> okay. That's okay, what I thought. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and in, in 1996, the Bayside Boys' remix of Macarena hits mm-hmm. number one, right, hits number one on the Billboard Hot 100 where it stays for 14 weeks 14 weeks right what (laughs) yes i mean that song was everywhere and i was like knee deep in high school and the song was everywhere the song was huge i was still in elementary actually i remember it must have been grandparents day i guess and now i wonder is grandparents day um nationwide or did we just do that in the midwest i don't know it's everywhere i think okay Mm -hmm. so grandparents day elementary school i remember lydia's grandpa was at the school and i guess we were doing the macarena for some reason for the grandparents and i remember him talking about elise popping her skirt tail while she was doing the dance (laughs) (laughs) well i guess yeah but it was okay it was cute i just always remember that (laughs) girl that song was literally everywhere and the song was originally like a Spanish language dance song by Los de Rio. And this remix got it like, man, all the way in the public eye. Insane. Absolutely. Definitely so a jam. <laughs> a jam. Yes. Well, today, y'all, we are talking about my sister's favorite albums with no skips. So I'm sure all of y'all, an album probably jumped in your mind as soon as I said that. What's that one album for you that you started at number one and you let it ride? You don't have to cut it off. You don't skip no songs. You letting it ride. That's what we're talking about. So, sister, go for it. What albums are your no-skip albums? All right. I look like I'm going to go first, y'all. So my first album choice is Long Time No See by Chico DeBarge. Now I know what y'all think. DeBarge's. <laughs> I know what y'all thinking. Did y'all just talk about the DeBarge's? But we really didn't talk about Chico. Mm-hmm. But we did talk about the DeBarge family. Yes, we did. But this album was released in 1997 under the Kidar Entertainment. I don't know if I'm saying that right. And Universal Records label. And this was the third studio album by Chico DeBarge. Hmm. The album was mainly produced by Chico, except for a few tracks that L. DeBarge helped co-produce. And then one of the tracks is he covered Trouble Man, which of course was produced and sung by Marvin Gaye. Mm -hmm. Other than that, he completely uh, produced the album himself. The album peaked at number 86 on the Billboard 200 and at number 14 on the top hip-hop R&B albums charts. So this album was Chico's famous comeback album after doing six years in prison Mm -hmm. for conspiracy to sell drugs. Now, he drew on his personal life experiences to write the tracks on the album, and he played all of the instruments on the album. Now, I remember... Right, he did. And so I remember reading that while he was in prison, there were very few instruments available. While in prison, there was mm-hmm. there was piano, there was organ, there was uh, drums, and I believe a bass guitar, if I remember that correctly. But he spent like all of his time in prison just like mastering those instruments and honing in on his craft. And then that led to him being able to play all the instruments on this album. Impressive. Now, this album is pure R&B, soul, sexy, sultry, just vibey, quiet, stormy. (laughs) Quiet storm. What y'all know know about quiet storm? (laughs) Quiet storm. That's another episode. Look at me. Right. In the other episodes. But anyway, (laughs) I mean, just like it puts you in a vibe. And so two of my favorite tracks from the album include Iggy So, Iggin Me was the first single released from the album, and he co produced it with L. DeBarge. Mm -hmm. 
you can also hear Elle singing on the background vocals, particularly at the beginning of the song and mm-hmm. on the album's outro tr- track. Did you hear Elle in the background? I, did. I mean, he's so he's so clear. It's like, oh, there's <laughs> Elle. <laughs> now, the music video for Ig and Me starred Nia Long as his former love interest. And the song is basically about a man in love with a woman that didn't choose him back, even mm. after he did so many things for her. I see. Uh-huh. And then my second track from this album that I loved is Love Still Good. Girl, this song. It's it a never good produced. song. I had never heard yes, it. Yes, right. I played it, you Ooh. know. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> yes right and I'm going to talk yes. about why I love it I'm going I'm to want to know if that's why you love it too so written and produced completely by Chico this was a jam about a man reconnecting with a former flame after he is released from prison mm-hmm. now everything about this song is perfection to me like everything the the instrumentation is like so smooth it just it almost lulls you to sleep yeah and his vocals if you notice have like an echoing to it Mm -hmm. did you notice that i did and i'm i'm all about the instrumentation like you said this song it gives me maxwell uh Maxwell album vibes, <laughs> like Urban Hang Sweet vibes. It's so mellow, and like, just, I said, "Oh yeah. yeah, this is a whole vibe." It just make you go like from side to side, and the echoing does it for me because like echoing yeah. usually isn't very attractive sounding, you know, to the right. ear, but it works on this song. Mm-hmm. And the lyrics are so beautiful, and he's basically saying to this woman, like, "Hey." I had no business being in these streets. I should have been staying with you and making love in the park and vibing. He understands the fact that she has moved on because he's been away Mm -hmm. for a while. Um, And even one of the lyrics says, you know, I understand that you moved on because I lost my brother from the war on drugs, Mm -hmm. where he's, of course, referring to Bobby DeBarge, who died a few years prior to the albums, really only at the age of 39 from complications of HIV, which he contracted from his heroin use. Mm. And it's just a stunningly beautiful song. That it is. So that the whole is album my, is about Yes. The whole thing. But I had, I picked those two and it was hard. Yeah. That's the thing about these no skip albums. I'm like, okay, so how do we pick jams from these albums? That's why we're giving y'all two <laughs> jams from each album because... How you can't if I like the whole album, how do I tell you which jam is my jam? You know, this is a little complicated. So you're getting two jams. Our playlist will be a little longer this week. We've only had 10 track playlists so far. This week you're getting 20 because we've got two jams a piece and we each came with five albums. So I think I can math, y'all. I think that's 20. (laughs) Yes. Yes, that's 20. All right. It just means y'all gonna be jamming longer, so that's all that means. That's what and it's that about. That is my first album. I love Sister, it. What is your first album with no skips? I didn't know if I wanted to save the best for last, quote unquote, or do it first. I'm doing it first. So <laughs> this is the very first one that popped in my mind when we decided to talk about this today. Confessions. Usher's Confessions album. Mm-hmm. And can I just interject? This is just strictly for the audience. We did have to send my fight about this one. <laughs> and did. Like, okay, who doing confessions? Because <laughs> that came to both of us at the same time. And did. I said, so uh, who calling dibs on confessions? Who, who and, calling dibs on confessions? I, mean, I won. I mean, I think she so kindly gave it to me, <laughs> but I won. <laughs> so I think this is the ultimate No Skips album for everybody i don't know let us know (laughs) is this on your list of no skip albums um but this is usher's fourth studio album which was released on march 23rd uh, 2004 under arista records the album boasts 21 tracks and when i say no skips y'all that is what i mean literally even the intro and the two interludes on the album still get spins for me like literally all 21 tracks i'm playing them 
So the album was primarily produced by Jermaine Dupree and includes mostly R&B, but also incorporates other genres like dance, pop, hip hop, and crunk, which I didn't crunk. know that crunk was officially a real music genre, but it certainly deserves to be. You know, I know you remember the crunk era. That was Lil John's time to shine. <laughs> Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Lil John uh, is actually one of the producers on Confessions, so I guess you know, fitting. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, of okay. course, um, of course, a lot of people felt that the themes Usher sang about on this album were about his own personal relationships. See, Chili. <laughs> but right. Jermaine Dupri actually claimed that it reflects his own personal story. But I guess we'll never know for sure. But I think that's kind of one of the beautiful things about music and art that at some point it reflects everybody's personal story. So we can't exactly. really say it was just Usher's, but it sure sounded like it was his personal story. Mm. <laughs> now, the album sold 1.1 million copies in its first week in the U.S. Over 1 million okay, in that a sound week. Right. That sounds about right. That sounds right. <laughs> and mm-hmm. with over 8 million copies sold in 2004 alone, the album was viewed as a sign of recovering album sales in the U.S. following three years of decline due to music piracy or bootlegging, as we would call it. So people right, weren't right. buying music anymore until Confessions came out. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, they're buying, <laughs> buying music again. <laughs> oh, that did it. Out. Yep. They found out. They found out. <laughs> that did it so uh in an article from vibe uh from march of this year they spoke with usher as he celebrated the 19th anniversary of the album's release and he stated that it's the last r&b album to be certified diamond with over 18 million copies sold in the u.s and the best-selling album by a black artist in the 21st century Ooh, so like, those are some amazing records to hold so like I did Amazing. not know that. Yes. I did not know that. The album is pure perfection. Um, it is literally perfection. Yes. My first jam from this album is Throwback featuring Jadakiss. It was written by <gasps> Rico Love, Patrick mm. J.Q. Smith, and Just Blaze, with production being handled by Just Blaze. Uh, okay. It featured a hip hop, jazzy beat, and the R&B and soul song samples Dionne Warwick's 1973 You're Gonna Need Me mm-hmm. pretty obvious sample mm-hmm. in that one but yes so good mm-hmm. so Just Blaze initially produced throwback for Dr. Dre's unreleased album Detox but to keep it short a lot of stuff went on Detox like didn't go as planned or never really came to fruition um, then they intended for Jay-Z to be the feature on throwback and he had scheduling conflicts. Then they approached Jada kiss and he also declined it for scheduling conflicts. Uh, and so the song came out with no rap verse at first. I didn't realize that, um, mm. but Jada kiss heard it and was like, Oh, I was asleep on this song. <laughs> and he recorded <laughs> his verse and sent it to Usher's team. And it was later added to the song. And, um, and re-release uh, on the album. So Jada Kiss's version is on the album. Uh, but yeah, so I didn't know that it kind of went through kind of a lot of change of hands before it ended up with Usher, but I'm so glad it ended up where it ended up because that yes. song is so good. Mm. So good. I love that song so hard. Yes. Then my second jam from this album oh. is Can You Handle It? Mm. Oh. Mm-mm-mm. Talk Y'all about talking about sex sexy time. Ta- Ooh, ta- <laughs> so you, just go- <laughs> you just go get it, my man. Just go say what I'm saying. <laughs> Talk about sexy time, y'all. Like this out mm. al- or this song, I should say. Can you handle it? Oh. Mm. Now, do y'all remember? Mm, let me see. I keep trying to date myself and age myself. So I was at Earth. the age where you have songs for ringtones. When can you yes. handle it? When this album and everything was out, I definitely had "Can You Handle It" set as my little boyfriend's ringtone, and we was not even that I kind of boyfriend too, and girlfriend. <laughs> I we, did too, bro. We, I wasn't, I wasn't at that stage of life yet, you know, sexy time stage. But he was still my boyfriend, and I'm still gonna put a sexy time song for his ringtone, and it was definitely "Can You Handle It." <laughs> because it was sexy time. I mean. Because I mean, it was like talk on the phone late at nighttime, which is close right. enough. <laughs> close With can enough. you handle it plans? So, okay. Exactly. So there you mm-hmm. go. But can you handle it? Um, I learned that Robin Thicke co-wrote this jam. Yes. Sure did. did you know that? I didn't know that. Yes. So he did. 
And uh, this was back while he and his now ex-wife, Paula Patton, were just dating. But I saw a little clip where Paula spoke about this time period on TV1's Uncensored show. Um, And she mentions that music always filled the house back when she was dating Robin and their back bedroom was being used as a studio. Well, while he was working on this song, they needed a female voice and she was handy and available. So she laid background vocals on the track. I never knew what female voice that was in the chorus when Usher's, can you handle it? Can I go there, baby, with you? Then a female says, I can handle it. I can it. handle it. Yeah. That's her. That's her. Shut up. I didn't Who know that knew? was Paula Patton. I had no idea. No idea. Wow. Yep, I did so. not know that was her. Fun fact. Yes, but wow. one of the sexiest of sexy songs, that is for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So check it out. Add it to y'all sexy time playlist. This podcast ain't supposed to be about building a sexy time playlist, but we seem to just drift in that direction sometimes. <laughs> How, however, people need sexy time. They definitely playlist. do. So there you go. There's one for you. But that's my two jams from uh, Usher's album Confessions. So I guess I will go on to my second album choice with no mm-hmm. skips. And it is an album called Mosaic. This album, it's so special, was released in late 2018 under the 300 Entertainment label by Phony People. The group is called Phony People. Mm -hmm. Mosaic is their second album, and it is perfectly titled because this album is seriously a mixture of different sounds and like different genres of music, but it works. Yeah. It's almost like each song can stand on its own. Yeah, I noticed you a uh, different vibe, right? I noticed one of their songs sounded almost like I don't know, I'll say theatrical. It sounded kind of like it would be in a play or like a like a stage play or a musical almost. And I was like, oh, this is Ooh. interesting. It was one I, I didn't remember the name of it, but uh it was toward oh, the dang. end of the album. But yeah, it, it gave me like theater vibes. I was like, okay, I'm with it. <laughs> right. Like I'm, I'm Yes, I mean, they are just so insanely talented. The group is based out of Brooklyn, and the album is heavy R&B, but there's some soul, there's some funk, there's some jazz, and there's some rock as well. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it, it basically has whatever you need. Uh, the lyricism is incredibly unique and at times poetic, mm-hmm. and each track is so distinctive, it's just so so special that it seems like you're getting a different vibe in every single song and all of them hit it's yep. the whole album with no skips <laughs> <laughs> so, and so the first of my two favorite jams from the album is called way too far now let me just preface let me just preface by mm-hmm. saying that way too far goes down in my personal music love and history as one of my top five favorite songs by any one of any genre ever in history of music okay that's deep you know not like i'm this ultra music critic but (laughs) but you like what you like but you like yeah yeah i like what i like i've been listening to music the whole time i've been here so (laughs) this song is insanely good I first heard this song on a video posted by a famous pole dancer, Sammy Pichon. I hope I'm saying her last name right. Hmm. And I immediately fell in love with it, which is kind of unusual that you fall in love with a song right away. Right, exactly. So I looked it up and I've been hooked since. The lyrics are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And any of us that have been in relationships can resonate with the lyrics. So it's basically about how you can completely lose yourself in a relationship because you're doing way too much trying mm. to please the other person. Mm-hmm. It's the way he says it and the way he words it that just makes you like, girl, he says, my walk and my talk been different. My style and my thoughts been different. I got you, but it's me I'm missing. Y'all agree, y'all get it. I think I think I went way too far trying to please you. No, way too far trying to please you. I'm like, wait a minute. Who has not been there? Look (laughs) up and you don't even recognize yourself because everything you're doing is for this other person. Oh. 
Yeah. Relatable. Relatable for sure. Okay. (laughs) Now, the second song, okay. Girl, right? Is it not just... Y'all, I hope y'all listen and go listen to the song because... Anyway, the second jam from this album is Before You Get a Boyfriend. Now, this (laughs) one, I love it. It's a fun little bop, and I love playing it while I'm getting ready to go out. Like, I think I played it one time when me and sister was getting ready to go out to my office Christmas party or something. (laughs) And it's, it's about a guy who is so physically attracted to a female that he pretty much wants to have sex with her as much as he can before she gets a boyfriend. Now, I mean, he don't want to just be her boyfriend. Like, maybe he just should right. be her boyfriend. Right. And so, you know, he loves how they chill and smoke together. She don't care about what he's doing with these other females or whatever. He loves her body. He loves her vibe. And he did love all this stuff about her the moment they met. But he mm-hmm. doesn't want to have a relationship. I see. And he sometimes questions himself on like, wait, is this love or so basically he's just like, Hey, before you get a boyfriend, <laughs> let's keep doing this thing. <laughs> let's just, just do a, what we're doing. And let's just do what we do it, because I love how you do it. Um <laughs> it's just a fun and vibey song. I love it. And that is my two favorite jams from Mosaic by Foley People. Love it. Love it. Well, my second favorite album with no skips is Kanye West, 808s, and Heartbreak. Mm. I don't want to hear nothing from y'all about Kanye as a person. Okay? I don't want to hear it. (laughs) I mean, y'all can say it if y'all want to say it, but I don't really want to hear it. I just want to talk about the beauty of this album. 808s and Heartbreak is his fourth studio album. It was released by Def Jam Recordings and Rockefeller Records on November 24th, 2008. And it has features from Kid Cudi, Young Jeezy, and Lil Wayne. Now the album's genres include electro pop, art pop, synth pop, and experimental R&B. Have you heard of any Mm -hmm. of those genres, sister? No, but like I know what the words mean, and so that right. sounds right. So it sounds like <laughs> it know. fits. I definitely right. hadn't heard of any of those, um, and I think most of Kanye's primary audience probably hadn't either. But um, I do remember when uh, when Love Lockdown, one of the singles off this album, when it first started getting radio play, people were clowning Kanye and that song so bad because it sounded so different from all of his previous work. But I right. loved the sound immediately and I appreciated the change, honestly. Well, you I've know kinda, how people can be. You know, you know how. how yeah. They are but so... <laughs> stuck. <laughs> stuck in their mm-hmm. ways. You know? Mm-hmm. But I've always felt like Kanye was a very innovative creator. And this album was pretty much a prime example of just how creative he really is. But his lyrics on the album explore themes of loss, alienated fame, and heartache, which were inspired by the breakup with his fiancée, his struggles with pop stardom, and of course, the death of his mother. She had just passed uh, before this album came out, so... Um, 808 and Heartbreak debuted at number one on the Billboard 200, selling just over 450,000 copies in its first week, and it was certified triple platinum in 2020. Um, The album, Mm. though, was largely overlooked at the 52nd Grammys, where only the single Amazing was nominated for Best Rap Performance by a duo or group. That's the only recognition they got at the Grammys, just one little nomination, which was kind of wild. But Mm. I love the album. I thought it was awesome. Yes. So, so good. the first of my two jams from this album is Say You Will. Now, this is the mm-hmm. opening track on the album, which immediately had me like, okay, Kanye is not coming to play with us on this album. <laughs> like, right. it, it just hit straight from number one. Um, so I right. said that as soon as I turned it on. Um, but it's uh, it's a kind of melancholy hip-hop and R&B ballad, which features synth-pop production. And it was supposedly recorded in only 15 minutes. That boy got in that studio was ready to work. I mean, that's how it is when you Kanye, you know? I guess so. Um, And I don't know who remembers, um, I don't know who remembers Drake's third mixtape, So Far Gone, which honestly Mm. could be honorable mention for me on this episode. 
It really could. Yeah, because that mixtape is fire and it is also no skips. But I couldn't just, I couldn't give it all to y'all. I had to narrow it down. <laughs> but if you remember right. that mixtape from Drake, he rapped over the Say You Will beat for his song, Say What's Real, um, on that mixtape in 2009. And Drake said he rapped over the beat because, and I quote, Kanye just made the best shit. And I cannot okay. disagree. Okay. <laughs> Agreed, Drake. Agreed. <laughs> now, my second favorite jam from this album is See You in My Nightmares. And that's the song that features Lil Wayne. Which love I it. had not heard before. Oh. And I loved it. Yes. Love I listened it. To it while I was working. Love yes. it. Yes. So this song was scheduled to be released as the album's third single on March 10th, 2009, but it was ultimately canceled in favor of Amazing. Um, the song received mixed reviews from music critics who were generally split in their feelings of Lil Wayne's appearance on the song. So one critic analyzed that while the song may prove more commercial, commercially viable with Lil Wayne's appearance, his thug-like vocals are disruptive of the album's introspective flow. Mm. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> and another critic admitted that despite the addition of Lil Wayne's supersized ego, the song turns out to be surprisingly flat and forgettable. I wholeheartedly disagree with these people. I don't. I'm like, are y'all listening to the same song as me? Wrong. Because what? I just I don't know where they're coming from with that. I think Lil Wayne's verse was a good shift from the sound of the rest of the album i mean like the whole album is auto-tuned but the energy and the kind of roughness that wayne brought was welcomed in my opinion i don't know i liked it so, mm. i mean i like Lil wayne so i mean basically and even a third critic commented that due to the two uh due to the two of the rap game's most respected mcs dropping the macho facade utilizing auto-tune and putting out a passionate club banger about relationship troubles kanye was effectively ushering in a bizarre new emo rap subgenre. so he kind of said that like it was a bad thing but emo rap is definitely a thing now like with these newer rappers which i kind of had to google their names so sorry but i knew it was some out there i like i know that it's a thing um so like juice world and Lil Uzi Vert are considered emo rap. Mm. And I'm like, so y'all said this about Kanye being a negative thing, bringing a bizarre genre of emo rap when it definitely caught on. But okay, whatever. He He's a he's a trendsetter. They weren't ready for it yet, Got but me. I guess we're ready for it now. <laughs> but those are my oh, two jams from cool. 808s and Heartbreaks. Very hot hits, y'all. Listen to the playlist. Yes. Thank What's you, up next sister. for you, sister? And well, what is up next for me? My third album choice is A Seat at the Table by Solange. Mm, we knew this was coming, y'all. <laughs> yes. I mean, I did mention in a previous episode how much Solange's third studio album meant to me in that period of my life. So it mm -hmm. was released in 2016 under Saint Records and Columbia Records. And this album was actually widely acclaimed by music critics and became Solange's first number one album in the U what in the US debuting at number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Mm -hmm. Now what I love about this album is that it is so incredibly black. It's like a black, black, black be black album. <laughs> and I love it. Black, black, and I black, love black. Yes, and it came out at such a horrible time in our culture as well. Yeah. And so she classily and poetically depicted like our pain, our struggles, our rage mm -hmm. and empowerment. I'm gonna have to watch myself talking about this album. <laughs> so I discussed in episode one my love for Cranes in the Sky. So I did not discuss that as one of my two songs because I already talked about how that is my favorite song from the album. So if you didn't hear that, go and listen to the first episode. Mm -hmm. But the first song that I will talk about from the album is Don't Touch My Hair. Yes. Oh, that you song know you is love pretty. A song. Girl, ooh. you know you love a song and an album where you just feel it in your chest just saying the name of the song. Mm -hmm. Now this one is sort of a battle cry for us Black women, right? Like, we are entitled to our physical autonomy just like everybody else and our boundaries just like everyone else mm -hmm. when it comes to not just our bodies but to our freaking hair. Yeah. I mean, we get that. It's fascinating. We do. 
We get that. It's not like we don't understand it, but we're not on display in a petting zoo. So please don't walk up and just start touching our hair. Please don't. Please don't. And please don't. Please don't. And please don't ask us, can I touch your hair? Because <laughs> I feel like that's what she was saying when she was on that part. What you say to me? I'm like, mm -hmm. is she saying, did you really <laughs> just ask if you could touch my hair? Basically. But anyway, one time I was out to dinner with Erica girl. This was back home in Indiana. And I had just did my two strand twists that, mm -hmm. I, would, that I would do with my extensions. Now I understand they were extra cute. They were, they were I mean, definitely I cute. This I did this particular set and they were like this auburn color and stuff. Our server came up to our table with our drinks and was like, oh my gosh, I love your hair. Can I touch it? And she did not wait for me to respond. And she just started touching my hair and running her fingers through my hair. And me and Erica just were frozen. Like we were literally in shock. Like mm -mm. what the f is happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we it's were the audacity. But even more than that, if you look at the lyrics to me, she's also saying like, don't physically touch my hair. And also don't try to tell me how I should wear my hair. Like, yeah. don't touch my hair, literally, and don't touch it in what you right. think I should be doing with it while I'm at work, while I'm whatever. Exactly. Don't touch exactly. my hair when it's the feelings I wear. We we express our feelings in our hair. Mm -hmm. The song That's is... That's what it means to me. The yes. song is powerful. I love it. Yeah. Ooh. And then the second song that I chose from A Seat at the Table is Borderline, and Ode to Self-Care, a freaking love this song did you get to listen mm -hmm. to this one? Oh yeah girl yes. you know i know this album through and through <laughs> oh girl i mean what i'm talking about what i'm girl, talking about <laughs> look, I, this, this ain't just your jam this is also my jam but i'm letting girl, you girl yeah okay right i'm gonna let you have this one i'm gonna let you have it gave me confessions this i'm letting song, you have it right oh here, you gonna let me have seat at the table see <laughs> see how we compromise <laughs> This song is so beautiful and Q-Tip lending his singing vocals just as like the icing on the cake with this mm -hmm. song. Now this track is basically her and her man taking a break from all the madness, the war, the injustice towards Blacks that they endure and fight in the world, right? Mm -hmm. The news coverage, just being tired, uh, the racism, the police killings, all of that. So this song is her going to him like, hey, let's choose self-care tonight. Let's take an intermission from being angry and tired and weary and just have a safe space in our home and forget for a while that the world is shit on the outside. Right. Let's just let's just take a minute because we're on the borderline. Mm -hmm. Let's be cool. <laughs> right. Step back for a second. <laughs> Ooh, and how many and times have we needed to do that? <laughs> <laughs> to do that and how many times do I kind of get sick of having to do that but anyway you know those mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, are my jams from a seat at the table I love it sister I gotta find something else to say other than I love it but I really love it like I'm not just saying that y'all right. <laughs> I really like, love I it adore it I don't know <laughs> I try I, I don't know I can't think of nothing else well anyway <laughs> my next album that has no skips. Well, this one might have one skip, y'all. I'm being honest. It, it's got an outro that's not my favorite. But okay, anyway. Mm -hmm. This album with no skips. <laughs> this is A. Marie's right. All I Have. I've talked about this album before. So like Melissa didn't use Cranes in the Sky as one of her jams because she already talked about that. I will not use A. Marie's I Just Died as one of my jams because I already talked about that again in episode one. So I'll pick some other jams for all I have, but this album as a whole is my jam. Okay. It's my jam. So all I have was A. Marie's debut studio album. Uh, it was released on July 30th, 2002 through Columbia Records, Rise Entertainment, and Rich Craft Records. Um, it was entirely produced by Rich Harrison, and the album debuted and peaked at number nine on the U.S. Billboard 200 chart in August of 2002. The album was certified gold in October of 2003 for selling 500,000 copies, and it won a Marie of Soul Train Music Award for Best R&B and Soul Artist in 2003. The album got mixed reviews with one critic rating it 2.5 out of 5 
and another giving it a slightly better grade of three out of four, saying that all I have I is, I, I mean, <laughs> they said that all I have is two parts intriguing and one part run of the mill. <laughs> I don't, I don't mean to laugh, but like that's why would y'all say that? Like that's rude, first of all, and that's not what it is. It's all the way intriguing. Anyway, um, I may be biased because of the stage of life I was in at the time, but it was perfect for me. It was it was perfect to me. That again, y'all, that's when I was in my teenage love affair stage of life. <laughs> right. I give it I give it five out of five. But again, except that outro that I mentioned, I don't really like that outro. But just one skip is still that's not enough to to leave it off the list. It's definitely had to be on my no skips list. Um, it's right. an awesome album. So. My jams that I picked from this album are Float and the title track, All I Have. Now, y'all, I couldn't really find any facts about either of my jams from this album, which honestly made me kind of sad. I'm like, my girl didn't get the recognition she deserved. Like, people aren't paying attention to these songs. Float is a beautiful song. It's so dreamy and, like, twinkly. Like, (laughs) the music is so soft and it's, like, feminine and i just i i love it it just makes me feel really really good um but of course um like i said there was uh some information available about i just died but i don't want to spend time <laughs> talking about that again but i keep it short on this one i guess but definitely go to the playlist and listen to these two songs from a marie listen to the whole album i really think y'all enjoy it it is beautiful the whole album is just it's it's just a vibe. All, it's a soft all I vibe. Have, yes. It's a it is a soft vibe. Mm-hmm. And it is a fantastic album. And it gets it really the cred from us, you know. I absolutely hear a lot of people give it giving it the recognition it deserved, but it didn't get enough mainstream. Yeah, we know we what knew. the album is. <laughs> we knew. That's and for I sure. Don't mean just me and you, but like, I know what you mean by us. Like <laughs> urban radio and Chicago radio, go. and us in Chicago, we knew, we knew. Okay, all right. Let's... Thank you, sisters. I love of me some course. A Marie. Like that that album. Your nephew keeps that in rotation too. I know. I know. I told you that. Oh yeah. Girl, your and nephew then... love A Marie. Another thing that uh, worked my nerves, kind of when I was doing my research on the A Marie album. It was talking about uh, a lot of critics were just writing her off as another music act that's just going to ride her good looks. And, oh, she's got um, a Korean mother and an African-American father. So, you know, she's one of a, of a billion or whatever. And I'm like, first of all, chill. Like, uh, Amory didn't even come off as somebody that's, like, putting her looks first. You know, like, she she didn't come into stardom like that i at least i didn't take her like that like oh okay i'm just cute and i can kind of sing like i'm gonna get up here and make a song like no i didn't take her as that but mm, i don't know no anyway the album was a jam yeah people see that's why we got to take what these critics say with a grain of salt because what are y'all talking about i don't listen to a critic i don't Mm -hmm. i don't i don't even know what they say like all this is new to me because i don't listen to critics i don't read them i don't (laughs) so so wow wow that's what they say because i don't know right Anyway, um, what's your next album? Anyhow, so my fourth album is The Evolution of Robin Thicke by mm-hmm. Robin Thicke. Now, this is his second studio album released in 2006 on Star Trek and Interscope Records. It was produced mostly by Robin himself, but with some help from Pro J and the Neptunes. It had guest appearances by Pharrell, Lil Wayne, and Faith Evans and went on to become certified platinum and peaked at number five on the Billboard Hot 100. Mm. The album was definitely a hit despite mixed reviews from the critics, but like I got right here in my notes, F a critic though. (laughs) (laughs) And that is how we feel about a critic. F a critic. Okay. Basically. And so... My first jam from this album that I just absolutely love is a song called Cocaine. Mm-hmm. Cocaine. Okay. Hey. I freaking, hey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I freaking love this song. It was written by Robin Thicke and James Gass. It's a song about basically living the fast life in New York and Los Angeles, clubbing, partying with the models and the celebrities doing cocaine. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, the song is about cocaine and how sex and clubbing just ain't the same without cocaine. (laughs) But (laughs) 
this jam is funky. Like it is just pure funky, you know? Yeah. And it's a bop. So didn't you say you you model to this song or something in a fashion show? I did. I did, y'all. So a little backstory. Uh, In high school, we had a modeling troupe because my high school had a very large theater and we put on all kinds of productions and stuff like that. So my school had a modeling troupe and we did a fashion show every December and I was in it. And I remember picking out the songs for the show and that was definitely one of them. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My second choice is Wanna Love You Girl featuring Pharrell Williams. Now, this one was surprisingly not a big hit for Robin commercially, but it did become a hit on urban radio and was a popular song played in clubs. Mm -hmm. I was surprised to read that this song didn't chart because I freaking love this jam. And I hear it in rotation all the time on the radio. Yeah, I'm like, like, I thought it was very popular. I thought it was too, because like I remember it being on the radio all the time mm-hmm. back, like. But again, we were listening to Chicago Urban Radio, you know, and so yeah. like maybe we knew it was a bop, and so they played it all the time. But I remember seeing the video and everything. And if you remember, a remix was done with this song with Robin and Pharrell and Busta Rhymes and Split Star. Do I remember? I don't think I remember. You don't remember? With Buster Rhymes? Oh, no. Uh-huh. Yes. Mm, I'm going to have to go look that, for it. That one was also hitting. So those are my two jams from the evolution of Robin Thicke. One of my favorite albums with no skips. Definitely a couple jams. All right. So my fourth album with no skips is Beyonce's I Am Sasha Fierce. Now, y'all, I will give a disclaimer. This is not my favorite Beyonce album, period. But I thought this one deserved to be in this episode because it really has no skips. I mean, all, to me, every Beyonce album has no skips. So this was complicated for me. But I thought the way the album is made, the fact that it's a two-sided type situation, I think it deserved to be on this episode. So this was Beyonce's yes. third studio album. And it was released on November 12th of 08 by Columbia Records and Music World Entertainment. Um, in its original release, the album was formatted as a double album, like I mentioned, intending to market Beyonce's two different artistic personas. Uh, the I Am side contains slow and mid-tempo pop and R&B ballads, while the second side, Sasha Fierce, named after her onstage alter ego, focuses on more up-tempo beats and the, uh, that blend electro-pop and Europop elements. The album debuted at number one on the U.S. Billboard 200 chart with first week sales of 482,000 copies, and it earned Beyonce her third consecutive U.S. number one solo album. The album garnered seven Grammy nominations and won six of those at the 52nd Mm. Annual Ceremony in 2010, which was breaking the record for most awards won by a female artist in one night. Leave it to my girl to break the records. (laughs) That's my girl. So my two jams from this album are Smash Into You and Sweet Dreams. So Smash Into You um, wasn't released as a single, so I couldn't find a whole lot of details on it, but I definitely love the song. Like many songs on this side of the album, its use of acoustic guitars, pianos, and strings really give it like a soft rock vibe. To me, (laughs) I'm going to tell y'all what it sounds like to me. It sounds like it's giving 90s coming of age movie, like on the scene where they thought they was breaking up, but one turns around and runs into the other one's arms and says they decided not to go to that college out of state anymore because they just can't stand to be apart. That's what Smash Into You gives me. I okay? know exactly what you're You know the vibe? About. That's the I vibe. Know the vibe. <laughs> that is the vibe. Like as I listen to that song, mm-hmm. I just see like teenagers in a movie like, no. We've got to stay no. together. And that that's that's how it is. But the song is beautiful. Like, it'd be a good song in a movie. Somebody need to use that. Need to be on the soundtrack. I know. I'll go, I'll go to the local college. Right. I'll stay here with you. We I'll have to be together. Here. Okay. <laughs> but that's what it's giving. Uh, then my other jam, like I said, from this album is Sweet Dreams. Um, this is from the other side of the album. So somehow this song kind of gives me both futuristic and 80s vibes at the same time. <laughs> I could just be weird, but it's it's definitely giving both. Um, but it debuted at number 97 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 chart. Um, that was 
uh, issued on August 8th, 2009, but it went on to peak at number 10 for two non-consecutive weeks on the charts that were issued on November 7th and the 21st of 09. Uh, the song became Beyonce's 13th top 10 hit 100 single as a solo artist during the 2000s. And that tied her with Ludacris and T-Pain for the second most top 10s on the charts since 2000. Her husband, Jay-Z, led that with 14 uh, hits in that same time period. So pretty cool for them. Neck and neck on the charts. Uh, but those are my two jams from Sasha Fierce. Okay, I am Sasha Fierce. Yes. That album was hidden. I, I can't was lie hidden. about that. And y'all, like 15 minutes before we recorded, I said, I think I want to use a different Beyonce album, but I had to just keep it together. <laughs> I had to keep it together, but was it was like, so yes, hard to you... decide. So hard like to decide. Don't have enough time to pull together new notes. Definitely not, but, but... that's how hard it was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, I am on my final and fifth album with no skips. Mm -hmm. And my last choice, and definitely not because I like at least or anything, but my final choice is Inner Visions by Stevie Wonder. Mm -hmm. Now, Stevie Wonder is my favorite singer of all time. He has my favorite voice in music ever in history. And anybody who's close to me, including my sister, knows this about me. Yep. So Stevie Wonder released his 16th studio album in 1973 um, under the Tamla subsidiary of Motown Records. Now, there was way too much information that I found and way too much I could say about this album, but it did become one of Stevie's defining recordings and the 34th best album of all time, according to Rolling Stone which is huge. Yes. Uh, it won three Grammys. Yes. Yes. It won three Grammys, including album of the year. And in 1999, the album was inducted into the Grammy hall of fame. Inner visions is considered the work that transitioned Stevie from being known as little Stevie wonder. Like when he first signed on to Motown records and he was like a young kid mm -hmm. to a more mature, Right, to a more mature, socially conscious, and adult Stevie Wonder artist. Nice. Now, yes. Oh, I love me some Stevie. Oh, so my first jam that I picked from this album is All in Love is Fair. It's um, one, of, one of my favorite Stevie ballads. It's kind of melancholy uh, mm -hmm. and it's sobering. However, it is a realistic view of what it means to be in love and what all that entails. I love this song because of his voice first, duh. I mean, because mm -hmm, right. Stevie's of voice gives me, <laughs> right, his voice gives me chills. He could be singing the ABCs and I'd be like, <gasps> but, <It's> beautiful. <laughs> um, right, it's beautiful, ABCs. <laughs> and, and because he's so on point on how we choose a person and we say we'll stay in love, but a lot of the times it doesn't work out that way. <laughs> mm -hmm. and uh and basically the point all in love is fair whether you choose right or wrong all of it is fair and unbiased anything goes when it comes to love and you truly don't know how it will go no matter what you say so if it goes away different than what you thought it's still fair yeah because it's love okay he's right about that and yes and my second um, choice from Intervisions is Don't You Worry About a Thing. Now, everybody knows this song. And if you don't, why? <laughs> the first thing that the, came the, to my the... mind when I knew you were going to talk about this song was the little movie Sing. I love when they sing this in that movie. It's so cute. <laughs> you, me, you, and Wooga went to see that, right? We did. Yeah, we did. We went to the movie. I freaking loved it. So that he fell in love with that. One. And so I, I had him listen to Stevie Wonder's version. And so, of course, he, he loves that one as well. Um, Don't You Worry About a Thing is the third single released from the album. And it's easily one of those songs that put me in an instant good mood. Mm -hmm. Like instantly, I'm in a good mood when I hear it. The music is upbeat. It's playful. It's full of soul. And the lyrics are just so uplifting and just positive. And it makes you want to forget life's BS and just dance and choose joy. Yep. The single peaked at number 16 on the hot billboard 100. 
and number two on the Billboard Hot Soul Singers. Nice. And that is my final album with no skips. Love it. Well, I got one more. Uh, and that is Corinne Bailey Ray's self-titled album, Corinne Bailey Ray, oh. her oh. debut studio album released mm-hmm. on February 24th, 2006 by EMI. Uh, the pop soul, neo soul, R&B album debuted at number one on the UK albums chart and has been certified triple platinum by the British Phonographic Industry or the BPI. Uh, mm-hmm. The album debuted at number 17 on the Billboard 200 in the United States, selling 40,000 copies in its first week and was certified platinum in December 2006. Now, the album and its singles earned a total of four Grammy nominations uh, between the 2007 and 2008 ceremonies. Uh, mm-hmm. So my two jams from this album are Till It Happens to You and Breathless. Now, Till mm-hmm. It Happens to You is a song about a heartbreak. And you can just hear the sadness in the song, but she just wrapped it up and presented it so beautifully that it almost doesn't really, it doesn't feel sad, but it is. It, I don't right. know. It, she right. just did it so perfectly. But That's when she says, yeah, when she says that one line, is my favorite part. I'm not going to sing it again, but when she says, love, am I a fool to believe in you? Cause I don't know. I said, girl, have I we not all know. asked He's ourselves that question? I don't know. I might be a fool because <laughs> we've all been there. That part just takes me out. You you just start to wonder, are you crazy to You're think like, that this crazy? was going to work? Like, I might be a fool. The, like, the fact that I even dumb? thought this was going to work. I'm a fool. And I'm like, like that part is relatable. Um, then she says, you can only learn these things from experience when you get older, I just wish that someone would have told me. And I'm like, if we could have just been warned. But, you know, she's right. You have to just learn the things from experience. If someone would have told you, you still would have did it. <laughs> you still mm-hmm. would have did it. You have to just learn. And I just, oh, I love that song. Mm-hmm. I love the lyrics. So that's Till It Happens to You. And then, like I said, my other jam is Breathless. Um, and this was the yes. fifth and final. Oh, that's your jam, Girl. I see. Girl. <laughs> Well, this was the fifth and final single released from this album. Um, And it's just another jam that she sings with such passion. And this one is about having a crush on a friend and not knowing if they feel the same way. Um, And I think we've probably all been there before as well (laughs) with that crush thing. I'm the Uh, queen of that, girl. Oh, she the queen of crushes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the queen of crushes, girl. But I just love the way she sings that song. And I actually saw Corinne in concert in Chicago in summer of 2019. And when I tell y'all, she's amazing in person mm-hmm. and sings with that same passion. I mean, her voice is so sweet. It just it just smells like pie baking or something mm-hmm. in the whole venue. Yes. It's just like you're just filling this place with beautiful, delicious notes i just i just love yes. it she did an amazing so, mm-hmm. show i think i even cried a little bit on one point it well, was a girl could, standing yeah. next to me a girl standing next to me was like a big korean bailey ray fan too i could tell and like her energy and my energy we was like it was it was it was beautiful Y'all it was a beautiful thing together, i was like this is my korean bailey ray sister standing next to me <laughs> like oh my gosh i met her i met her yes it was <laughs> wonderful i've loved that album since i was like 16 i think was when i first heard it so it's been with me a long time and that mm-hmm. is my final album with no skips mm. so i hope y'all Ooh. enjoyed these i hope y'all i hope we've turned y'all on to some new albums that y'all can play all the way through we're giving you some really good stuff to listen to now we're giving you whole albums you can go play <laughs> yes and give us feedback you know we will have a, a q a definitely on this episode, asking you, what is your album with no skips? We want to get turned on to some albums too, y'all. Absolutely. But I had so much fun talking about these with you, sister. Yes, this is a load of fun. We're going to wrap it up. We held y'all a little bit long today. Um, but thank you, of course, for joining us again for this episode of My Sister's Jam. Remember, tell a friend, tell your family, listen to the podcast. Y'all follow us on socials at My Sister's Jam on both Instagram and Facebook and email us at My Sister's Jam at gmail.com if you have any feedback or suggestions. Anything else, sister? 
And wherever you listen to your podcast, please make sure to turn on your notifications. However you do that in your app, turn on the notifications so that you get an alert when we upload a new episode. So that way you don't forget because life gets busy. You will forget. Turn on those notifications. That's right. That's all that I have, sister. All right. Well, thanks again, y'all. Bye.